Amen. Everyone have a seat. Yeah, we need more more brother love. This is brother love, everyone. He just came and uh, just want to introduce himself. So I think uh, Ian Ian invited him to come. Thank you, Ian, for uh, inviting brother love. Man, what a good what a good name. Yeah, amen. Okay. All right, man. We need we need more of that. Just come and introduce yourself, man. Uh, thank you all for coming. We got some uh, some special guests here tonight. You know, so. Yes, that's that's the right response. Uh, we got the Cadona parents right there, right there. Okay, no, they're, they're right there. Thank you for coming. Um, Larry brought a whole crew here. You got Jay. Uh, I can't even uh, hang. Uh, Mom is here. David. Dan uh, 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 Win. You can't you can't forget that name. He's Dan. It's actually a Vietnamese name. It's it's Dan Win. Oh, Dan wins. So anyways, Dan is and wins. So that's a good name. Tommy, Tommy Wynn is here. So anyway, uh, you guys are in for a treat tonight. Um, we got three young preachers tonight that's gonna preach to us, okay? And uh, so so uh, Elijah, right? Andy, uh, and then Larry is gonna be preaching to us tonight. Do you guys have you have you guys figure out which order you guys wanna go at? All right. You're last. Okay, call it. Second, you're first. Okay, Elijah, you're first to go. So, you got, okay, if you got your PowerPoint stuff, you should already. It's already should be all in there. Okay. All right. So, so we're good. We got Elijah first. Uh, Andy second, and then uh, Larry is gonna be the last. Okay. So, uh, if if you're new here, we are uh, just finishing up a series. Uh, tonight will be the last kind of series on the, the four-part series. Uh, we had uh, different preachers uh, come and preach to us, and hasn't it been amazing? You know, uh, man, I've been I've been so so blessed just hearing different people preach, and uh, God has just definitely uh, blessed that that process and and, and blessed our, our young preachers to to preach. I've been I've been so blessed by it. So we we basically uh, so okay. Um, just a bit of recap, I don't want to recap too long, but, but we took uh, that series from Joshua chapter 8, from Joshua chapter 8, and the, the whole thing was, you know, Joshua was supposed to, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to conquer the land in Jesus' name back in the Old Testament, and God gave that mandate. Now, today we don't do that, right? We don't conquer lands, uh, but we, we win people to Christ. Uh, but we saw a couple of things there that was very relevant. Uh, to our time, such as this, uh, COVID and everything that's that's going crazy in our world, um, and and so there was four parts uh, to that series. I, I won't go through all of it, but today uh, the theme is bringing your A game. Okay, that's the theme for tonight: bringing your A game. Okay, so what happens is the the children of Israel back in Joshua chapter seven, you know. They got, they got kind of comfortable, 
you know, with, with God blessing them and, you know, everything they do seems to turn into gold, meaning they win everything, all the battles that they go to. It's just like, man, just obey God, follow God, and then everything goes, goes smooth. But there was something in Joshua uh, chapter 7 where they got, kind of got comfortable. And when they scout out the enemy, right, they, they, just, like, they just said, ah, you know what, let's just bring two to 3,000 people. And we'll be good, you know. We'll be good, and uh, and 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 then we see in Joshua chapter eight. Once again, there's other bits to the story. Once they dealt with sin, once they hear from God again to to not be afraid. I'm still with you, right? He, he specifically told Joshua, "Do not be dismayed. Uh, I'm still with you. You already dealt with sin. Move forward." And then God also taught them some new things. Uh, and and we, we talked about that two weeks ago. God always wanted to teach us new things, new strategies. Uh, and, and they were doing something very different than when they, when they conquered Jericho. Jericho was very different to how they conquered AI. And so that's very relevant to us because in times that, that are so um, volatile, if you will, you know, in a, in a time where there's just uh, so many uh, uh, people that are hurt, uh, people that are confused, uh, people that are angry, you know, um, man, we, we always need to, to learn new ways uh, to how to minister to people, uh, you know, in, in a way that glorify God. And so, so anyway, so in Joshua chapter 8, once they repented, dealt with sin and all that, uh, guess what? They brought their A game. Okay, they brought like, uh, you know, 35,000 this time. You know, before it was like three thousand, so more than more, almost twelve, more than twelve times, right? To make sure that they did a good job, you know, and that's what God expects us to do, you know, as as believers of Jesus Christ. You know, it's not just like get by, that get by mentality, that mediocre mentality, that lukewarm mindset. You know, it's it's you're neither hot or cold. Right? And, and, and Jesus said, man, I feel like I want to spill you out, like vomit you out. You know, I'm talking to the believers, right? Because God wants you to be hot, uh, hot for Him. Because, man, we, we, we sang, man, it's worthy to serve God, you know? It's worthy. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He has the keys to eternal life, okay? And, and man, nothing can be compared to the work that he has given us. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, sharing the gospel this past Tuesday to, to, a, to a guy. And of course, you know, uh, for him, uh, it was, you know, your, your classic, you know, one more money, more power, and more sex. I mean, it was very honest. <laughs> I mean, that's what, what, what most people want, more money, more power, more pleasure, if you will. Right, uh, and I say, hey, you know, what about your soul? How much would you sell your soul for? Or how much money do you need to buy your own soul? And uh, he said, not enough. You know, and that that kind of got him thinking. You know, got him thinking. So anyway, I, I pray that tonight's preaching will bless you, would encourage you. Right. And uh, that we need to bring our A game. Okay, fall semester is coming. Uh, you know, schools are opening. 
you know, people are coming up with masks, you know, but still out, you know, and uh, we need to bring our A-game, right? We need to have uh, new ways, new strategies uh, to meet people and, and so on. Um, so I, I pray tonight we'll bless you. I've got a couple announcements before Elijah comes. Okay, so number one, um, uh, you know, Tobias' grandmother, uh, grandmother passed away yesterday. And uh, so please be praying for Tobias' uh, family. Uh, grandma is in Canada, and so Canada is not letting people in. So, so Tobias can't, can't go to the, the funeral. But um, uh, pray for Tobias and, and, and his family um, uh, at this time. Uh, number two, okay, uh, KU Bible study, I mean, it's ramping up. They've got different open doors. Uh, if you're part of the KU uh, uh, WhatsApp chat room, you will see a lot of activity that's going on that uh, that we're trusting the Lord for. And so, uh, please be praying. If you're not part of the chat room and you want to be part of it, just uh, talk to Connor. She'll add you in and you'll get all the updates. What is so exciting about that is that uh, that ministry has been seasoned in prayer for the last year plus. You know, uh, just faithful prayer. And God is opening doors, slowly but surely. It's a, it's a difficult place to minister. And now James Fye got a job there. Okay, so Nate Fye is already working there. Braden, I think, is also working there, if I'm not mistaken. And then Fom uh, just, just is applying for an administrative position over there. Okay, and so uh, in fall time, we are ready to separate our UMKC Bible study to two with corner leading at, at KU and so we want to pray that that Bible study will, will flourish and all the, the medical field people uh, will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ you know uh, man so key um, alright so with that uh, Elijah uh, come and preach to us yeah. and bring your A game I've got 10 minutes up here, so we're speed preaching tonight. There's three of us, and I'm the first one. Uh, all right, so yeah, and the theme, like Andrew said, is about bring your A-game, so I'll pray for us real quick so we can prepare our hearts. Amen. God, uh, we thank you for just being able to meet as a Bible study group, and it's so good to just see other people's faces. We pray that you just speak through uh, me and Andy and Larry tonight. And that uh, we would all have something to take away and we would have a word uh, 
for us that we can line up our life with and Amen. we can leave here changed. And uh, yeah, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us and, and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, I've been doing ministry and FOI for a few years now. And I've learned from many of you in this room how to, how to pray, how to befriend internationals, how to follow after Christ uh, with excellency, how to bring my A-game, you know, like Andrew's talking about. And, you know, I believe he's really done a great job at envisioning us to bring our A-game. Uh, so today's message will be preaching to the choir in some sense. You know, I think some of the most hardest working people in the church are in this ministry. Um... But that's what I'm here to talk about, is how we can bring our A-game. And to really challenge you guys to ask yourself, am I really giving God my A-game? Mm. And so you say, why should we? Well, because God deserves it, and he gave us his all. When, while we were yet sinners, he became a human, and he lived a perfect life, and then he died on the cross for our sins. And you guys understand that we'd have to pay for our sins if, if he hadn't died and rose again, right? That's right. And so all this is so that we could have a relationship with him and be saved from our sins. And so that's why tonight I'm going to be talking about let's bring our A game because he brought it for us, right? That's right. So we're going to be in Luke 14. I'm going to share with you guys three ways that God showed me in studying this out, uh, how we can bring our A game. So the first one is we must put away our excuses. The second, we have to humble ourselves. And the third is we have to say yes to God. And so before I even start, though, if there's one thing I want you guys to uh, get that God showed me looking at this, it's this, that God has cooked up something great for you, mm. right? He's, I mean, I'm talking five-star chef, like Gordon Ramsay's got nothing on it. <laughs> That's and, right. And so we're either going to have an excuse for, for why we can't come and taste that, mm. or we're going to say yes to it, right? It's mm. really simple. It's not rocket science. So an excuse or say yes so we're going to be in Luke 14, verse 16 through 24. And we're going to look at a parable that Jesus told. And so a parable is a fancy word for a story that's used to illustrate a lesson. So Jesus spoke in parables a lot. And in this specific parable, Jesus unravels the story of a man who prepares a dinner party. And this man sends out a servant uh, who, when the dinner is ready, he, he calls and invites the guests to come in. And so this dinner uh, itself represents a, a picture of a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And then the man represents God, and the servant who's inviting people represents Jesus. And so keep these things in mind as we read about the story. But first, let me uh, give some context for how we got here. So let's set the scene a bit. I'm going to look at verse 1 in chapter 14 of Luke. So it says, And it came to pass as he went into into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. So, so Jesus went into the house of a chief Pharisee to eat bread. And at this dinner, Jesus does some teaching. He does some healing. You know, he's always healing and teaching. That's, that's what Jesus does. And then in the teaching right before our main passage in verse 12 through 14, uh, he brings up the subject of a dinner. And so when Jesus would teach, a lot of times he would relate physical things to spiritual. Mm. And so in verse 15, 
while they're still on the, the subject of dinner, a man sitting at the table with Jesus speaks to him and he says, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. So this, this guy was on the same page, right? He was picking up what Jesus was putting down. And, you know, he... So this man is actually spot on when he says, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, but what does this mean exactly? Though? It sounds really, really spiritual, really deep. Mm. Uh, but we're not going to cover that today because we got 10 minutes. That could be a whole sermon. But we just know that this is a dinner we don't want to miss, right? Mm. Like if it means that you get to eat in the kingdom of God, who wants to be at that dinner? All right? Yeah. So Jesus replies to this man, and begins to tell this parable about a great supper. So this is where our main passage begins and I'm going to preach on. And so in verse 16 and 17 it says, in Luke 14, Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. So remember when I said Jesus uses physical things to teach about spiritual lessons. And here, the certain man, again, represents God. The Great Supper is a, a right relationship with God, and then the servant is Jesus. And so he, he prepared a great supper for these guests. He was cooking up something good, like I said, right? And it was one that was worth inviting many people to, you can see. So it wasn't just uh, some frozen pizza he popped in the oven. He, he was preparing, he prepared a great feast. And so once the food is ready, he sent his servant to let the, the guests know. And so this is Jesus inviting us to commune with him. That's what it represents. Uh, but watch how, in verse 18, uh, the guests respond. It says, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. Mm. Wow. It's like, right, you spent all day preparing a feast. Wow. And you're cooking up some... Some curry, putting all the spices in. <laughs> and, then, and then all the people you invite, they're like, oh, sorry, bro. So let's see their excuse. Mm. The first synonym, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. So it's like, your ground's not going anywhere, right? Like, what do you have to see it for? <laughs> uh, and the second guy's excuse, verse 19, I bought five yoke of oxen. And I go to prove them. So he, he's got to test them out, I guess. Make sure they're doing oxen things, or change the oil, maybe, his oxen. The uh, third guy's excuse, verse 20. He says, I have married a wife. Okay, it's good for you, bring her with you. <laughs> so we can see that these excuses um, that these guys are making, really, they're silly. And uh, they're all either work or family related. And so a lot of times that's the excuses we make uh, for, for not entering into a relationship with God, for not saying yes to God. It's, it's either it's something with work or it's, it's a possession that we're working to have. We're striving to, to hit six figures or trying to get that BMW, whatever it is. Uh, or it's, it's a wife or a family, which can be good things. Um, but here, these people are, are they're getting in the way of their fellowship with God. And so, there's a key point that we have to get here, is that we bring our A-game 
when we don't let excuses get in the way of following God. Mm. Yeah. And so what's the opposite of giving excuses? Saying yes. Mm-hmm. Saying yes to the invite from Jesus yeah. to God. So in verse 21, uh, let's, let's read that. It says, so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Okay, and you can imagine the, the frustration after preparing food and all of them, they all made excuses. So it says he's, he's angry here. He's like, I got all this food, but it's going to go cold now. So he changes up his approach in verse 21. And he tells his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. So we have to ask, what is it about these people that, that makes the host choose them? Well, because God loves the humble. Right? He loves the poor and the blind. And I'm not just talking physically. These are people that recognize that they need to come that night, or they might not get a meal. Right, so here, there's a key point here that we see, and it's, we give God our A-game, and we are humble. Yeah. So be like the poor and blind. They knew that they needed to be at that dinner, that they needed a relationship with God. Have you recognized this in your life? So Psalm 34, 18, here is a, a cross-reference. It says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. So have you humbled yourself? Have you recognized that you need to be at this dinner that God's calling you to? Which signifies a relationship with Him? So let's keep reading verse 22. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. So even after inviting these people, there is still room at the dinner. Verse 23, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. So there's always going to be more room. So knowing this, the response should be to go. Mm-hmm. Find more people That's right. to invite to the, to the dinner with God. That's right. Because God wants to fill his house. Mm. That's what verse uh, 23 says. Yeah, that my house may be filled. And so, the last verse in this passage, For I say unto you that none of these men which forbidden shall taste of my supper. So those men that were first originally invited, they're not going to get a taste of the supper, unfortunately. They all had excuses. And so our last key point is, uh, we give God our A-game by saying yes. So, say yes to God, right? So, in conclusion, in closing, I want to ask, I want you guys to ask yourself, uh, what is it that God's inviting you to, that you know you need to say yes to? Right. Because Revelation 3.20, it presents an invitation similar to the, the invite that we see in this passage. And it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him. And he with me, sup is dinner, supper. So I'll have a dinner with him. I'll enter into a relationship with him. So maybe you're here today and, and you've never truly said yes to, to God and made him your Lord and Savior. You know, you recognize that he's been knocking on the door. And uh, so man, can I challenge you guys to just let him in? Yeah. 
and accept his invitation to to the dinner that he wants you to, to have, which is a relationship with him. So that you can be that, that blessed one in verse 15 where it says, blessed is that man who eats bread in the kingdom of God. So just say yes to God. Yes. And then if you're here today and, and you're saved, the invitation is the same. Right? It's God is inviting you into his presence daily. So do you have excuses for why you can't meet with him? For Have you, have you been standing him up every morning? Have you been... So yeah, let's let's repent today and and let him in that door because he's knocking. Yeah. So just say yes, let him in, and uh, let's bring our A game. Amen. 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 So, oh, last thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a key warning to finish is and what happens for that person who you keep inviting to to hang out with you. Uh, and they, they always have an excuse, right? Eventually, you probably stop inviting them, right? Yeah. You probably will stop sending them that text because, oh, they're going to say no. Okay? I mean, God is the same way. Right? Thankfully, He's merciful. He loves us. He's super patient, long-suffering with us. But, you know, eventually, if we keep rejecting that knock, that invite, scary, y'all. So it's... Let's get get it right today. Let's let's accept that invitation and say yes to God. Bring our A game. Mm -hmm. Amen. Maybe stop, safe, and then create a new one. ago and when Andrew reached out to me to talk about hey let's bring our A game when it comes to doing the ministry of FOI my mind immediately went into how should we finish because I'm a runner and something that I do to trick myself to run even farther is to know where I'm supposed to end and when I know where I'm supposed to end then I know how to finish Amen. and I know what's expected of me so I keep that in front of my eyes. So let's get to it. So I'm titled my message, um, Keep Your Eyes on the Finish Line. And so if you can open your Bibles to 2 Timothy 4, we'll be reading there. When I think of ministry and doing it with excellency, I can't but not look at the life of the Apostle Paul and how he finishes ministry. The context of this book and chapter is these are his last final words to the man that he allowed him, like, to join him to do the ministry. His name was Timothy. 
this man later on became his own son in the faith. So they, they, like, they were really close. So these words mean a lot, and I want us to see this. So this last charge that Paul delivered to Timothy, I pray, will show us how we should go on to do the ministry of FY. That by keeping our eyes at the finish line when Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died for you and me so we can live with him, when he returns, it should motivate us to put into practice the faith that saved us and fight for the souls that will hear the gospel, therefore finishing our course. So I want you to read this with me. So I'm going to start from verse 6 and I'm going to end in verse 8. For this is the last words of, of, of Paul talking about his ministry. And he says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love is appearing. So first, Paul makes three statements in verse 7. He said that he had won a good fight, two, finished his course, three, kept his faith. So this begs the question, what is it that we are fighting? The context here is that he's talking to somebody that believed in Jesus Christ. So what is it that we're fighting? In Ephesians 6.12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So why does this matter? Like, why, why are we talking about a fight that we cannot wrestle with our own hands? Well, because those international students that you and I meet, those co-workers of yours, that friend, your relative, the guy that makes your coffee every morning every time you go to the coffee shop, the Bible says that they are blind. And if, unless you and I share the gospel, that faith that saved us, right. then they're condemned to an eternity without God. Yeah. And I don't want that. As FY, I don't want that. For myself, I don't want that. See, our course starts and our faith starts whenever you and I believe in Jesus Christ. See, the Bible says, for us believers, in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. And that is the spiritual battle. The devil does not want you to open your eyes to accept Jesus Christ into your heart. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual battle. That's right. So we have to be aware of that. So we need to pray for their hearts and opportunities to talk and that God will save them because you and I are responsible to share the only solution to them, the gospel, because God is not willing that they will perish. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's not willing that you will perish. He loves you that much. The Bible says it. And you and I need to keep on running that course, which will result in discipleship at any given point. So what fuels us when we run and keep on doing the ministry? When we have to do the welcome party, when we have to do dinner in my house, when we have to do the roof fair? Well, our faith in Christ. You see, God gave his best, his only son, so you and I can live and be in his family. So let's just look at Christ and what he did for us. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author of the finish of our faith, who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When Jesus Christ came here to die for you, he did it with joy. Yeah. So key point number one, our faith in Jesus empowers us to share the gospel and labor in prayer 
for salvation to make disciples of Jesus. This is our faith. It all starts from our faith. And because we recognize that, we, we go on to do our course. And because we are in a course, man, it, it should just motivate us to just fight that good fight. It all starts from simple belief mm. in his words. Yes. All right. So, firstly, here we talk about Paul talking about a crown at the end of his days. And, and this is just like, exciting because a lot of you are like, man, why should I expect when I die? See, Paul had... Man, he, he knew what he was going to get. He was going to get a crown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, I'm going to ask you this question, and I want you to just be in your, just imagine it with me. Have you ever run a race? Or have you ever prepared, prepared yourself for an event, mm -hmm. such as a wedding, a birthday party, a date? We all have. So, when you have something in your mind, it will not go away. When something's so important to you, it will stick, it will stay in your mind. And when that day is near, and it becomes more present, you will make sure you will look prepared, presentable, and nothing will get in that way. And that was the attitude that Paul had when he talked about those last days of his life. In verse 8, we see Paul, he knew his Lord was going to come back. And he lived the faith that he put on Jesus into practice. And, and I just can't but think how he waited and loved the, the simple thought that Jesus was going to return. The Bible says he's going to return. That's right. <clears throat> and this love motivated him to, to be found well-pleasing to Jesus. So, this is very positive to the believers here. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, I just ask you to consider, how will Jesus find you when you come back? Mm -hmm. In verse 8 it says, The righteous judge... Jesus is going to come down the second time, and he will judge us. Mm -hmm. For the believers, our judgment already took place. It was at the cross because Jesus came down, and he's offering that to you. But to those that don't, the Bible says that he will judge you according to the gospel, if you believe it or not. So, because Paul loved this thought of Jesus coming back so much, mm -hmm. that he was looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. He lived this out. In 2 Corinthians 5, 9, it says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may, we may be accepted of him. Him is referring to Jesus. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. FOI. Whenever we do events, Let's make sure that we labor so we be accepted of him, yeah. well-pleasing to him. Yeah. Let's give it our, our best whenever we do an event. That's right. Because sometimes we only gonna have one shot at an international student that, that just travel like 24 hours. Yes. And that's the one chance he's given to us. Yes. Yeah. Man, I, 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 look, like, I look at Lee and I, and I just praise God for him. Mm -hmm. Because I remember the welcome party where we just gave it our best. Mm -hmm. Man, there was like so many people there, but one faithful man stayed. Yeah. So the gospel shown in his life, and man, he's my brother now. Yeah. If you want proof of that, just look at Lee. Look at my brother. Mm -hmm. So key point number two: loving the return of Jesus Christ. Christ should empower us to keep our best, to give our best service at any time, anywhere. 
So Joseph's a race. Just keep your eyes on him. The world has plenty to distract you, believer or non-believer. If you believe in Jesus Christ, the world has plenty things to distract you with. If you don't, the same thing applies to you. But you have your eyes on the target, just to love him. And if he is in your eyes, you will run. Even if it's slow sometimes, you will run. Yeah. Even if you get out of breath, just keep your eyes on him, you will run. Yeah. You just gotta look at him. And that's what I'm begging you to do. If you believed, just keep looking at him. We're, we're coming to this, their fall semester. Let's just keep your eyes on him. It doesn't matter what's going on the sides. Just keep your eyes on him. And if you don't believe yet, I'm just, I'm just begging you to consider what he has to offer you. Amen. Yeah. But if what? If there's something in the way between you and Jesus, if, 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 is there something that is blurring your sight, I would ask you to reconsider. And, and to just honestly just look into your life and examine your life. Because later on, in verse 10, we see a man that was faithful with him, with Paul. His name was Demas. And he said that he forsook Paul, having loved this present world. And that can be any one of us if we just don't keep our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Because when we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, yeah. we're going to slow down. And when we're going to slow down, then we eventually stop. Yeah. So before I keep rising, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Oh, you got a time and everything? No, that's recording. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right, good, bro. Just recording. Take your time, bro. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Job, Job 1. It's a lot of people. And I'm um, going to pray. Um, Father, uh, God, I thank you so much just for today. Um, God, thank you for all the new faces and for uh, and everybody here. Um, God, I desperately need you. God, I, I'm nothing without you. And Lord, um, would you set me aside, God? Would you speak through me? And God, this is your people. God, these are your children. Yeah. And for those that don't know you, God, I pray that your word can have free reign, God. I pray that you would soften hearts right now. And uh, yeah, God, would you use me for your glory? I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So a lot of you guys are familiar with Job. Um, and a lot of you guys aren't. So Job is a man that was from us, right? Verse 1 says... Um, he was a man that was perfect and upright, one that feared God, one that eschewed evil, which meant he put away evil, right? Job is a man that was on his A-game. He was a man that we can glean from. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The theme of this book would be, you know, the problem of suffering, the problem of evil. You know, a lot of people ask, you know, if God is good, why is, why is there so much suffering in this world? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Right, and, and it's true, you know, you look on the news, all you see is bad things all the time, right? And, uh, yeah, there are many hurting today. You know, I know some of you guys are hurting or stressed or, you know, going through hard times. Mm -hmm. 
right? And um, yeah, life is hard, you know. In fact, you know, to my believers, the Bible promises, right? Uh, the godly will suffer persecution. Second Timothy three twelve says, yeah, and all that live godly in Jesus Christ shall suffer persecution. So uh, yeah, today we'll see a bit of how Job suffered and how Job responded. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We see that Job was a man that was rich. Job, he had everything, right? The Bible says he had thousands of uh, sheep. He had 7,000, 3,000 camels, hundreds of oxen, 500. Um, he had a lot of she-asses, which is just donkeys, female donkeys. And the Bible says he had a very great household. Very great. This guy is like Bill Gates, but... Even more, right? The Bible says he is the greatest of all men from the East. Man, he was he was rich. He had everything, right? That's that's what the American dream is, you know. We that's that's what I wanted, and you know I wouldn't mind it now too. But man, you know, he had everything, right? Big house, beautiful family. And the Bible says he had seven sons and three daughters, and he had a wife. And having all of that wealth, you know, I imagine. He had a beautiful wife. Um, yeah, but we see Job was not just physically rich, he was also spiritually rich. Amen. Right, verse five, Job was a man of prayer. He was a man that took God serious. Mm -hmm. um, verse five says, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and curse God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. You see, Job was a man that didn't just think about himself. You know, he, he thought about his family, he thought about his children, and he prayed and, and sacrificed for his children continually. Right? He was a servant. Key question, who are you trusting God for? Who are you praying for continually? You know, who are you investing in? How are your brothers and sisters in Christ really doing? You know, how's your family doing? Right. Is your family saved? Yeah. How are they walking spiritually? You know, I'm trusting God for my family, trusting God for my friends, specifically. You know, I have specific people that I pray for daily. Amen. You know, and we need to pray because, you know, God is the one who does the work. God is the one who gives the increase. Second yes. yep. Peter 3 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. You see, that's God's heart. Right? God is not willing. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to know who he is, to come to repentance. Right? And so we need to pray. We need to pray so yeah. God can do his work. And then uh, continuing on, we see Satan comes in the picture. And uh, yeah, we know there's a, there's a spiritual warfare that goes on, right? That, that we can't see. There's a, an invisible war. Right, Satan, the liar, the killer, the destroyer, the roaring lion, the prince of this world, the devil. Satan comes in the picture, verse 6 and verse 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Yeah, so Satan's looking around, you know, he's like, where are you at? 
right? Who can I devour today? You know, and, and a lot of us, Satan doesn't even have to come himself, yeah. right? You know, you guys hear that term, we're our own greatest enemy. You know, we have our flesh. And, uh, man, there's a spiritual battle that goes on, and that's what we see here, right? Um, then verse 8 going on. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God, and of evil? So I just want to point out, you know, we see that, that God is the one that initiated this conversation. God is the one that, that, that started. You see, Job was a faithful man, and you would think he would be the last person that, that Satan would go to get to. Right, mm. and so in verse eight we see, you know, God's like, "Have you considered Job? That's my man. Mm. You know, Job was a man that God favored. You know, He loves me. He's perfect and upright. And you know, perfect doesn't mean that Job was was sinless. You know, perfect just meant that he trusted in God. Right? He lived in. Uh, he re he was quick to repent, and he he followed the Lord. So Job was a man like us. Right? He he wasn't sinless, but yeah, he was regular like us, and uh, he was considered perfect and upright because he trusted God, because he was quick to repent, and he was blameless. And then continuing on, you know, Satan goes in and he goes, you know, God doesn't love you, right? He only loves you for what you gave him. You know, he gave him all that, that, that house, that beautiful family. He gave you everything that, that you, that a person would want, right? And, and we know the devil's a liar. Right, and so, and so, you know, God knows, God knows Job, God knows Job better than he knew himself, and, uh, uh, yeah, Satan goes, you know, take all of that, and he'll curse you, take all of that, and he'll, he'll go like, man, skip God, you know, but, uh, man, we see that, that God, verse 12, God said unto Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself, put not forth thine hand, so Satan went forth, from the presence of the Lord. So so God, it's almost like a wager. You know, God goes, all right then, you know, go ahead, take all that he has, but just don't put your hand on him. You know, don't kill him, right? And so Satan goes and he does what he does best. You know, he, he kills, steals, and, and destroys. And, uh, you know, see, God gave Satan permission, right? And, you know, Satan is powerful. He is, he's powerful, but... He's not all-powerful like God. That's right. You know, and, um, man, God has the power. So, in one day, you know, Satan goes, and verse 13 says, And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yeah, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So we see <clears throat> Job's servants gets killed, his oxen were killed, his donkeys were killed. And you know, back then, Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible, and back then the animals meant his wealth. Right? So man, Satan goes in, kills all of them animals, and then continuing on. While he was yet speaking, verse 6, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep 
and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. But while he was yet speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans made out of three bands and fell upon camels and carried away, yeah, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. See, Job gets bad news back to back to back. Right? At that moment, fire from the sky burned all the sheep, along with all of the servants that kept them, were killed, and the camels got stolen. Right? Job, the man that was wealthy, the man that had everything, just in one day, he loses all of his wealth and his servants, and, you know, in a sense, he went bankrupt. Yeah. Right? But then lastly in this chapter, we see verse 18, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. So it's like a, imagine it's like a good day. You know, the family's eating, drinking, chilling. And uh, verse 19, and behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Another, another messenger comes, right? Boom, you know, I imagine it's a, it's a tornado. The Bible says it's a great wind. And the house got torn apart, right? And all of Job's children, dead. You know, when I read that, I'm like, man, I can't even imagine, you know, first, all my wealth, and then second, I'm not a father, but, you know, my kids, you know, that sounds like suffering to me. But then, you know, we know hard times will come, right? Life isn't easy. The moment you were born, death was promised. Yeah. Right, for you, thank you, bro. Your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, Job was suffering. And, uh, yeah, you know, some of you are, are hurting right now. Some of you are stressed. Some of you are broken or depressed. And maybe some of you are doing well. You know, business is booming and making money and, you know, ministry is going well. Bible study is growing, right? But the hard times will come. Yeah. Times will come where you can't control the circumstances. And, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of you guys already know what happened to my big brother uh, two weeks ago. And, you know, that's the situation where you can't control. You know, I was on the, the lake, you know, chilling. I, I love the water. But uh, it was a good day, you know. I went to church and I felt good. I ate and I was having a blast, you know. And then as we wrap up, my, uh, my sister was trying to reach out to me. And, you know, I heard it was urgent. And uh, I know my sister's like a pretty serious person, so if it's urgent, I know it's something big. So as I, as I heard that, you know, I started praying. I'm like, you know, hopefully this isn't something too crazy. Maybe my, someone got corona or maybe her Wi-Fi's down. Um, <laughs> but uh, I call her and, you know, she just breaks down and she's crying. And, So I knew something was major, you know, she told me how he's dead. It was weird to, to say that, but yeah, that was when I got the news. 
You know, the Bible says life is but a vapor, and, and that's exactly how it went, right? My brother that week, he was healthy, good, strong. We was, I seen him yesterday, before, the day before that, and he was good, you know? But times will come where you can't control it, you know? There will be circumstances, right? And, uh, man, I thank God for his word and how he prepared me, you know? Um, he showed me how Job responded. Mm -hmm. Right, Job 1.20 says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Man, after he just lost everything. He went bankrupt, lost his kids. The Bible says he arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, meaning even a man like Job, right, that, that is one of the, the greatest men in the Bible. Even a man like Job, it was hard for him. You know, shaving his head, meaning he was dressed. Right, ripped off all his clothes, and because uh, he fell down in worship, man, when I read that, that was beautiful. It hit me, I'm like, dang. Job was on his A game. Yeah. So key point, the only key point, we must be prepared to fall down and worship God no matter the circumstances, no matter what. Mm. Right. If God blesses you, man, fall down and worship. If God takes away, fall down and worship. Mm. You know, that takes preparation. You know, Job didn't get to that spot in one day. Mm. Right. He was faithful to little things. And over time, he became one of the greatest men of the East. Man. And, uh, yeah, you know, after I got the news, I was stressed. You know, my heart was aching and... I remember, you know, Duncan's trying to hug me. I'm like, God, bro. You know, I couldn't believe it, right? And uh, we walked towards the car, and we just started praying, you know? And, and, and I thank God, right? I know God is good. I know even though something like this happened, I know that God is, is, is a good God, you know? Amen. And... Uh, you know, of course, I ask God why, and is this real, and is a bunch of different things. But man, as I prayed, God gave me Job one, and you know, verse twenty-one, Job says, "Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked I will return." Right? We came into this world with nothing, and we'll go back with nothing physically. Right? Psalm sixty-two. Verse 5 to 8 says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge. In God, trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Salem. Mm. So you see in that time, mm. man, is when you'll either draw near to God or you'll you'll back away, right? You're either gonna worship God or you're gonna curse God, right? And so, man, Ducky knows, man, I I desperately needed God, and uh, you know that Psalm 62 is true, right? God is my refuge. God is a rock, right? When you trust in Him, you won't be moved. And uh, 
Yeah, you know, whether you prepare or not, right, they're participating in the battle. You know, that spiritual battle that goes on, whether you prepare or not, you're participating, you know, every day, right? It could be as simple as you waking up and, you know, pressing that snooze button, right, snooze. Man, God is ready. You know, and uh, when I say preparation, you know, that's simple things like, you know, how is your quiet time? Are you seeking God daily? Are you getting full of his word? Yeah. Is there any pet sin that, that you're struggling to give up? You know, what's keeping you from worshiping God and obeying him? You know, let's stop playing games. Let's take God serious, right? Why do we need to be on our A game? Well, because souls are worth it. There's souls at stake. And, you know, it's not just about you, but if, if you're not on your A game, you're affecting those around you. That's right. And, uh, yeah, we see, you know, Job responded. He said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, Job was humble, he was rich. Physically, but he was also humble, which is hard to find. You know, Job knew the, the physical riches meant nothing. Right? Job had his affections on the things above and not on the things of the earth. And, uh, and Job goes, God, I have nothing without you. I will be nothing without you, and I am nothing without you. So, God, I need you. And uh, verse 22, it says, In all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. You see, God was right and Satan was wrong, like always. You know, in the beginning when when uh, when Satan goes, take all he has, you know, he'll sin against you. It says in all of that, Job didn't sin, which is crazy. You know, it's so easy to blame God, right? Man, why? Why do you have to take him away? You know, um, I find that promise is true. You know, that promise in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye, that ye may be able to bear it. And that's exactly what we see in, in verse verse. You know, Job 1, and this is only the first chapter, right? Job goes through so much more, you know. And all that Job didn't sin. He didn't blame God. He knew that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. He knew God's word. And, uh, you know, many of us today, we're spoiled, right? We live in America. You know, many of us today, it doesn't take us much to sin, right? You might get a paper cut, ah, you know, or, you know, God takes away, not God takes away, but, you know, you lose your PS4, entertainment, you know, maybe it's a relationship you broke up with, or maybe it's something bigger, you know, but, man, look what Job went through, didn't even sin, it's amazing. And you see, you know, all the godly or all those that pursue God will suffer. Yeah, that's a promise, right? But you see, the thing is, even if you don't know God, you'll suffer too. Right? We, you guys know that. You guys know life's not easy. And, and I'm sure a lot of you have been through a lot already. You know, 
And uh, yeah, man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that that I have God, right? And it's scary because I don't know what I would where I would be if if my brother passed. Well, yeah, you know, if my brother passed and I didn't know God, you know, I would I'll be broken. I would see vengeance and uh, probably more, you know, or yeah, maybe I wouldn't even be here. You know, when I grew up, I used to always want to make my big brother proud since he was kind of like a dad for a lot of my life. But, you know, now I just want to make God proud, right? And there's hope for sure. There's hope. Um, so, yeah, you know, the question is, we see how he's responded. Right? And the question is, how will you respond? You know, we go to the drugs, the sex, the entertainment for your refuge. You know, will you, where are you going to seek for, for that comfort, right? So are you going to seek God or are you going to seek the things that, that this world offers? And, you know, only God satisfies. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the rest is temporal. Yeah. You know, as hard as it is losing my brother, it's, uh, yeah, it's beautiful seeing right, how Christ suffers. Right, because Jesus Christ, he's been through way more. And, you know, he, he suffers for for those that don't know him. You know, 2,000 years ago, he was tortured. He got spat upon. And, you know, this time, Jesus, the son of God, right? He was actually perfect. Not the Job kind of perfect. He was perfect with no sin. The Bible says he didn't know sin, but... Man, he took on sin and he died a brutal death and rose again the third day, beating sin and death. And he proved that he was the son of God. And, uh, man, it's been kind of beautiful seeing how Christ suffers and how God loves. And, uh, you know, God loved ye more than all of us, right? And I'm thankful because, right. you know, ye... He believed, you know, he knew Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so I know I'm going to see him again one day. And, uh, you know, in all of that, right, Job goes through so much more. And this is inspiring because in Job 31, 35, Job desired, he wanted to hear from God. Right? So through all the suffering, he didn't curse God, he didn't walk away, he leaned into God, he wanted to hear. And, uh, you know, like we talked about in the beginning, you know, why is there so much evil, why is there so much pain, and all of this and that. You know, the conclusion was that, you know, you won't know some things sometimes, right? We're fragile, we're tiny. You know, I asked God, why did my brother have to die? You know, he was young. He was getting ready to get baptized. He was he was getting better for sure. You know, and uh, I know I'll, I'll see God face to face one day though. And, and I'll ask, and I'll see my brother again. But um, I actually do know why he died. 
right? Romans 3.23, well, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. And so that's why all of us died, right? You guys might have heard the story, you know, God created Adam and Eve, and it was a perfect, it was an amazing place, right? And, uh, you know, of course, they they sinned, and that was the, the sin that, that caused them to die, and it caused us to die today, you know, and when the Bible talks about that death, there's there's more than one. There's a second death, right? What happens when you go, where, you, where do you go after you die? You know, and uh, that second death refers to eternity, right? So where will you go? You know, and again, I know, or actually I don't know, I don't know what you all are going through or, you know, where you're at in your life. But man, God is ready, yeah. right? God is open, and God is is pursuing you. You know whether you know it or not, right? And 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 like like Job, you know you want to be prepared, right? Because those times are coming, guaranteed. Will you fall down and worship, or are you just gonna go back into the world and do whichever to seek temporary comfort? And. Uh, Yeah, you know, that's pretty much it. But man, I know that a lot of you guys here are, are hurting. A lot of you guys here don't have hope. And I'm telling you, you know, God is real. Yep. Yes. Right? And and He comforts. He has so much in store. You know, if only you seek. Um so yeah, if, if any of you guys don't know God or if you don't know you know, where you're going after you die, if you don't have that peace, man, there's good news for you. That's right. There's good news. Mm. Um, so yeah, man, reach out. A lot of others share the good news and a lot of people here have that hope. You know, that hope is real. But uh, yeah, thank you. good so um, man I just want to just uh, end with an invitation right you heard a lot of preaching tonight I hope it resonated uh, with your heart with your mind and uh, so we can't end without without an invitation here uh, you, you heard from Elijah right God is knocking he's knocking on your door you're here tonight not by accident right and you get to hear, man, three, man, just solid preaching uh, tonight. And um, I, I hope God got a hold of your heart. You know, uh, you know, I was 18 years old, um, uh, you know, just doing my own thing and uh, been a church here and there. But it was it was one night, you know, and uh, kind of sat where you were, heard some crazy preaching and I knew that I was a fake, you know. Kinda, you know, just living a double life, you know, trying to look good on the outside, but inside I'm rotten. And uh, man, when the invitation was given, man, I knew, I knew, 
that I need to get up and respond to the invitation, to the preaching, to the word that God has given. I knew that God was in the room. I knew I needed to respond, but my goodness, there was like glue on my butt, you know. It's like pride is in the way, you know, and embarrassment and, and, and so on. So I want to encourage you, don't be like me, you know. Uh, now, I actually went to the basement and, and, and it, you know, by God's grace, they had another worship uh, song and I, 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 I kind of felt like the door opened again and uh, I cried like a baby, you know. Uh, and, and that night, <clears throat> it was the first time in my life, first time that I knew I had sinned. Right? Not that I didn't know that I did wrong, and everyone knows that you know I did some wrong. You know, everyone would agree with that. But but I understood that I sinned against a holy God, and I knew the gravity of that sin puts me in enmity, right, at odds with God. That one day, you know, if I'm gonna be judged, man, I'm gonna be judged, and I'm gonna be guilty for my sin. Right? Because the good doesn't wash us away the bad. And that's what, how everyone wants to think, right? The good washes the bad. You try that in the court of law, right? If you, if you did a crime, you can't say, man, I was, I was always good to mama, you know? I always, man, try to do good. I try to give money. What, what would the judge say? Oh, yeah, man, no worries, man, we're cool. I mean, no chance, right? But what about a holy God? A holy God. Right, he has he has to judge, and he judges righteously. So I want every head to bow, every eye close, right? And and you know, I, I want you to just kind of look into your heart. You know, if God is speaking to you uh, tonight, and if if you know, right, that you don't have a relationship with God, you don't know where you're gonna go when you die one day. Uh, man, I wanna I wanna encourage you. Right tonight is the day of salvation for you. Uh, the good news, right, is available to you. Right, it's it's not good news if if it reaches you uh, not in time. Right, so so I, I just wanna just ask you to be bold. Right, if if you know that you need to be saved, right, you don't have a relationship with God, would you raise your hand up? I just wanna pray for you. Amen. I see that hand. Thank you. Anyone? Yes, yes, sir. I see the hand. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Any more? Man, that's that's exciting. Um, you know, for those who are believers, right? You heard, you know, tonight's theme is the A game. Bring your A game. And uh, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm moved. I'm touched. I I'm ready to go. You know, I feel <laughs> I wanna fight a good fight, you know, and uh, so I'm going to challenge you, right, if you've been a bit uh, stale, stagnant, your, 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 your devotion time is not, not as good, you know, and, and you just want to say, God, I, I want to renew that, right, I want to repent and renew that, can I see your hand? Yes, sir, I see that hand, thank you, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, yes, sir. Thank you, man. God, God sees that, right? And uh, so I want to encourage you, if you, if you raise your hand, uh, please come talk to one of us, okay? Uh, don't leave this place until you spoke to a person that, that brought you, uh, one of the speakers here tonight, right? 
uh, man, we want to just share, right, the hope that is in us. Uh, and then we're going to have people here who, who, who who's ready to pray with you, whatever whatever need that you have, okay? Uh, so so feel free, right? Just just uh, come. Uh, Eric, you're going to come up front and other people that, that's ready to receive people. Uh, just come as you are, right? Man, don't worry about it. Just come as you are. If you raise your hand, uh, just come as you are. We're going to set aside some time to just pray, to just, um, you know, talk through things. Um, so let me pray, right? But if you raise your hand, man, uh, man, the door is open, okay? So as I pray, feel free to just come forward, um, and, and someone is going to speak to you. Cool? All right, let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, Lord, I, I just thank you uh, so much, uh, Lord, for tonight. And uh, Lord, you're good. Uh, Lord, your Holy Spirit is powerful and it, it touches our heart. And I, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would um, you continue, Lord, to just prod on that person's heart tonight. Yeah. Cause them to be bold, bold enough to just say, yes, yes. I don't need to make excuses anymore. I don't have to wait anymore. I don't have to delay. I heard the truth. And I want to say yes. And God is right at the door. And uh, Lord, for those who, who raise their hand and, and they just want to repent, uh, uh, they haven't seen you with their, all their heart, mind, and soul. Uh, Lord, thank you for that, that, that humility. Uh, thank you for that contrite heart. I, I pray that you will bless that. Bless that prayer. Bless that confession. That there will be healing. Lord, that you're going to you're going to show off, show forth uh, fresh bread to them. Uh, that their eyes may be opened even more to see your truth. And they, when they read uh, your word, is, it won't be stale, Lord, but it will be fresh. Lord, do that. We need it. Because without that, we can't bring our A game. And just as, as Larry said, if we're not walking with you, Lord, and we're, we're not walking in faith and we're, we're effectively sinning, and uh, when we do that, we don't. We not only affect ourselves, but we affect people around us. And we don't want that. We want to be that light and salt they call us to be. Uh, Father, have your way with our heart and minds tonight. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, go ahead.